the James Suckling podcast. Wine ratings, reports, interviews and more. Hello. How's it going over there? It's going really well, actually. Um, it's been a very good build-up to the season. So the season has been really, really quite cool climate. Um, we've had very good winter rain and um, obviously we had some high disease pressure, but, um, you know, build-up, I think, is, uh, you know, it's, it's got everything to, to be a really, really good vintage um, if, um, yeah, if, we, if the weather just, you know, stays like this. Um, so very excited about the vintage and uh, yeah, we'll see how it all turns out. Good. Excellent. Um, yeah, so we tasted your wines not so long ago um, and really loved them, particularly the Chardonnays. Uh, both of them really fantastic, excellent concentration. Um, and I'm actually writing a little report on South Africa. I guess um, it would be relevant to start actually with COVID. Um, I mean, here in Hong Kong, we've just, we had zero COVID for several months and now Omicron has finally found its way into Hong Kong. So it's getting a bit, you know, people are getting nervous, but I know in, in South Africa, it's been, it's been quite hectic, especially for the wine industry with all these alcohol bans over the last couple of years. How has that, that impacted the industry and producers and everything? So one's got to be honest about it uh, in saying, you know, that the, the industry itself has lost a tremendous amount of money. Um, you know, the, the wine industry is very much focused um, on tourism. Mm -hmm. And um, so um, the, you can't look past the fact that, that, that a tremendous amount of money has lost, been lost, but also jobs. Um, and... Um, I think there's a, there's a lot of wine farms that will probably never recover from COVID. They'll probably either close down or been taken over by somebody else. Mm. Or other businesses. Um, you know, but also, you know, on personal level and for us as a business, it's also been a rewarding two years in many ways, you know. Um, COVID gave you the opportunity to, to reflect on, on, on a lot of things, you know, um, and... Um, made you realize you know um, that that life is not forever and that that you need to to focus on the important things um, so you know we 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 appreciate you know every moment these days and we appreciate every glass of fine wine we enjoy because you never know what's coming up tomorrow and then on 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 the business side of things you know it also gave you a bit of opportunity to you know the humans are are very adaptable sort of creatures and you know once you pushed into the corner you 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 get the opportunity to to reflect on how you do things and how you can improve things because it's um you know it's adapt to die at the end of the day and um we've seen uh, that we you know we were able to to cut a lot of costs in, in many many um uh, sort of um, areas in the business uh, we work smarter and i think a lot of the you know, the, the sales channels has changed. You know, the trade is absolutely dead at this stage for us. Um, but, you know, direct-to-consumer has always been something we focused on, but it's just become quite big now. You know, it's, uh, it's really, really big. 
It also opened up some export markets because of exchange rates and stuff like that, that uh, counted in our, you know, in, the, in the buyer's favor, but um, it opened up, you know, opportunities for us as a business as well. So many positives also coming out of COVID. Mm. Are these are uh, these new export markets? Are they specific countries that you can now sell to that you didn't before? Yeah. So we uh, look. We've been working on a lot of uh, different markets uh, before COVID, um, but um, you know, it's always you know when people buy South African wine, they want to buy it for free. <laughs> Where um, you know, um, so uh, what happened is you know we worked with. Oh, a lot of clients for a long time, you know, doing tastings and, you know, seeing how we can work together. And then when COVID came and the, the rand absolutely lost its value, um, you know, gave them the opportunity to buy our wines at, at quite a big discount. And um, that, that uh, yeah, opened up markets for us again. And um, yeah, we can, you know, uh, the rand is recovered in the meantime, but at least we've got relationships now and we've got wine in different countries. Yeah. Mm. Um, it, I'm, it would be useful if you, in your opinion, gave a, a sort of a brief description of the industry and where it's come in the last, say, 20, 30 years. Um, and I guess whether there are different levels that each producer is at in terms of how much investment and funding they have, which could lead to the quality of wines that they can produce, and whether or not the last couple of years has um, perhaps widened the gap if uh, uh, producers with lower funding are less able to compete. And as you said, you know, there's been a lot of uh, job loss, et cetera. Mm. Uh, I think South Africa has done it, you know, exceptionally well in the last uh, 15, 10 to 15 years in terms of improving quality. Um, you know, I think there's a lot, lot more focus on, on specific varieties, varieties that's working really well in South Africa. I mean, you're all aware of, you know, we don't make Chenin Blanc, but, you know, there's a big push for Chenin from South Africa. And, you know, Cabernet Sauvignon is also doing really well, especially in Stellenbosch. <clears throat> so I think the industry has really done well in the last um, 10 to 15 years. And... Um, you know, with all industries, uh, unfortunately, you know, the wine industry isn't a short-term game. It has always been a long-term game. If you plant vineyards today, you get your first production in five years' time, your first quality in seven years, you know, and then the vines grow, grow, grow old, you know. So it's it's never, never been a game that you can today decide, you know, the market wants X, Y, or Z, and you're going to plant it, and then, you know, in 10 years, you're going to pull out the vineyards because then you'll never survive. So um, I, I'm very positive about the South African wine industry. I can only speak on behalf of us probably, but um, yeah, I think, um, you know, I think there are many, many, many good producers in South Africa. But, um, you know, as you know, that, you know, the fine wine industry very much works on trust and that trust is built over time. You can't, you can't, you know, have a lucky year and make good wine and then think you can become famous worldwide. But unfortunately, it takes, takes, you know, 10 to 20 years or whatever mm. for people to trust your brand and to see, you know, and trust the site that it can produce good wines in good and bad vintages. And um, I think that's important to understand. And then I think there's a lot to do with perception as well. 
You know, if you put a $100 bottle of South African wine next to a $100 bottle from Bordeaux or Burgundy, you know, and you sell that wine in the UK or the US or Hong Kong, I reckon 90% of the people will take $100 from Burgundy or Bordeaux purely because of perception. And uh, that's why we're very thankful for guys like you guys that, that you know, put out the word there and gives us really good exposure. Um, and from a professional point of view, you know, you taste the wines blind and, and you score the wines and people can then see that there's a sort of, uh, you know, there's, there's a professional opinion and um, it's not just, you know, the old world that can produce good wines. So, yeah. Just give a sense of the scale of how quickly the industry is growing. Where do you see it in five or 10 or 20 years time? How long do you think it will take for, uh, for South Africa to gain the recognition that it could potentially have? It depends on how much exposure we get. Um, that, that, that's very important. You know, it could be very quick. It could be, you know, we could, we could do really well in 10 years' time. We could do really well in 20 years' time. It just depends on how much exposure we'll get in the next five to 10 years. And mm-hmm. um, if we don't get the exposure, um, you know, France and whoever gets, then, then, then we'll take longer. Um, but um, I can tell you, you know, that we don't have to stand back in terms of quality. We can produce or we already produce wines that's as good as any wines around the world. We, mm. we can compete with anyone. Um, but, you know, we need exposure to, to change the perception. That's mm. what we need. And, um, and we only get that, you know, if we have guys like James Suckling tasting our wines, you guys. Mm. And Tim Atkin in the UK, and, you know, we need some of these top, top end wine critics to, to, to rate South African wines. And, Mm, for sure and uh, well I think for yourself and a few other top producers as you said you you already strive to make the best quality that you can Uh, but do you think that for a lot of other producers are they more constrained by um, people expecting lower costs for South African wines uh, so driven by a, a lower cost lower price overall in the market so the South African wine industry financially is struggling. There's very few properties that's profitable. That's not sustainable, you know. So, um, you know, demanding low prices by markets is not going to help the South African wine industry. We need, you know, we need to get, you know, I don't, I'm not saying everybody must get, you know, uh, big money for their wine. But what I'm saying is, is at the end of the day, we need to get at a point where, whatever we get for our wine can help the industry to be sustainable. Um, I think the quality is there. South Africa, you know, because of history and bulk wine and all of that has always been looked at as you get very good uh, value for money, but that perception needs to change. And so that's the only you know, way that we'll eventually uh, get, you know, decent amount of money for the wine. It doesn't matter what segment you play in. But, but, but that's the only way we'll be sustainable. Mm. Um, I, think, I think, you know, unfortunately, there are a lot of properties, you know, that's in the volume game and, and doesn't have the cash flow necessarily, you know, to just take it to the next level. Um, but then there are a lot of properties that, you know, especially, you know, talking from our point of view, you know, we've put in a lot of money in the last 10 years in this property and, 
uh, we, we, we never looked at the market segment. One of your questions was, you know, do they plant the right varieties or do they look at the actual market, what the market demands? We've, we've never done that before. We've always looked at what this property is suited best for. And we've planted, you know, various varieties on different pockets of this property that's best suited for that variety in order to make the best possible wine we can. So that's our outlook. And do you think other producers uh, think similarly? Well, I think the major problem is, is, is unfortunately financial backing for a lot of producers. Mm -hmm. yeah. There's just not a lot of enough capital to do that. So they they in this sort of, you know, a rat race where they try to sort of satisfy the market and then, you know, in five years' time or ten years' time, the market's changed. And uh, about some of the wines themselves, um, I mean, it's, you have a very varied climate and terroir across the whole country, right? You have some very warm um, regions. You have some very cool regions as well, like your own. It's, it's pretty high up. It's pretty cool. Um, but it, it seemed to me that across the board, a lot of the wines were quite um, acidic. And I don't know if that's because it's, it's a sort of trend to maybe acidify, even if you don't need to, or... Do you have any any insight on that? I haven't personally picked up, uh, you know, that in general South African wines are acidic. Obviously, you know, South Africa are by law allowed to acidify, and uh, most people do because a lot of the regions are warmer climate regions. Mm. Uh, and um, for this reason, you know, you when you harvest grapes, you end up with relatively, let's say, high pHs and low acidity, so they have to acidify. Um, I, I reckon also, you know, um, it depends on when you're certified because that will also have a big effect on the in taste of the wine. But I haven't, I haven't experienced, uh, you know, um, it's, it's sort of a general trend that the wines are quite acidic. I haven't, I don't, I'm not sure which wines you tasted and which wines you're referring to, but um, I can't, I can't really confirm your <laughs> statement in that sense. Sure, sure, sure. And just a couple of final questions. Where, where do you see the potential uh, in South Africa, whether it be, you know, which, which regions do you see the most potential for growth and which varieties do you think are suited? And how do you think the industry is going to adapt to climate change? We're very fortunate in the sense that, you know, we've got the natural buffer in terms of climate change because we... Uh, seven kilometers from the Atlantic Ocean, and we 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 sitting between four four hundred and six hundred and twenty meters above sea level. And as you will well know, that for every hundred meters you go above sea level, your annual average temperature drops by one degree Celsius. So my my feeling is that worldwide high altitude vineyards will become more and more uh, sort of sought after. Um, because that's the natural buffer, and then also vineyards really close to the ocean. Um, mm -hmm. those, those are your natural buffers against you know, climate change, generally. So my feeling is that high-altitude vineyards and, and, and vineyards with proximity to the ocean, and then we have you know, vineyards like Elgin that is really cool climate as well. Um, they they pretty, um, you know, sort of, yeah, well-buffered against against the, the, the whole climate change thing as well. 
I think South Africa, you know, as you mentioned, it's such a vast country of so many different wine, sort of different microclimates. And, um, you know, we've got the Swartland that's, that's quite warm. It's producing beautiful wines. Um, and then you've got Robertson, who's really specializing really in MCTs or capital seats these days. Um, and Stellenbosch, you know, Cabernet, uh, Himmel and Otto. So there's, there's various regions, and I think all of them can adapt. Um, I think wine style, you know, will probably change slightly over time. But, um, yeah, there, there's so many different regions. All of these regions actually have sort of a, a niche, you know. So, yeah. And so sort of the next step would be more exposure, which would hopefully um, get some of the wineries more funding so they can take it to the next level. Uh, and then time, I guess, with the, the vines and the vineyards getting more maturity. Yeah, in terms of, you know, what you asked me, what are, you think the potential are? I mean, the potential is, there's no ceiling. I mean, we could we could be as good as anybody else. And it's really, really just, you know, as you mentioned, it's time and then exposure. That's what we need. Um, um, so I'm, I'm really, really excited. Um, you know, once the, the old world will always stay, stay relevant because the history is there and the tradition is there and it will always stay relevant. But, you know, I think, you know, South Africa, for instance, we don't have the likes of a Penfolds Grange or something like that, you know, that's very expensive and well known around the world. I think, I think we can very quickly get there um, and, and compete with, with the top New World International wines. And in terms of quality, I've mentioned, you know, this. There's, there's no limit. Uh, we can we can compete with anyone. Yeah. Anyway, it was really lovely to meet you, Christian. And um, thanks for taking the time. Likewise. Have a lovely day. You too. All right. Thank Bye. you. Bye. 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 -bye.